What's good, Modern Workers? Before we start this episode, just want to give you a heads up of what's coming down the pipe for our MOWO Live webinar sessions this September. On Thursday, September 2nd at 10 a.m. Central, join us for the Office on the Web Essentials series, where we cover the basics of Office on the Web. Whether you're new to Office 365 or a veteran, we'll have something here for you. On Thursday, September 16th at 10 a.m. Central, join us for a Cloud File Storage session we cover the basics of OneDrive and SharePoint for your file storage needs. You can find links in the episode description to register for these events, as well as links to our YouTube channel where you can watch past webinars. And now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the MoO Show podcast. Thank you again for joining us. As always, my name is Alex Henry, joined by my colleague, partner in crime, Ryan Bialik. How are you doing Hello. today, sir? Good, good. How are you? Doing pretty terrific. Freshly showered from all this rain we've been getting? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, you can't tell un- unless Teams gets a smell of vision uh, app, which is probably in development somewhere at Microsoft. I'm sure it is. There's a power app for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, yes. So for today's episode, we've got our special guest, Nino Vallis, joining us again uh, to give us some cybersecurity uh, guidance, our kind of quarterly refresh to keep us on our toes, let us know what's happening out there. How are you doing, Mr. Nino? Doing well, Alex. Thanks for having me back here. It's always great to be part of this talk show and contribute to our audience about what to expect and what's new about cybersecurity. There's so much always going on in your world. If we had like a six-hour show, we could probably get everyone really caught up. But that's not what we're here. What's not what we're here to do today? We're just gonna give them the Coles notes. Cybersecurity, good. Hackers, bad. Any questions, anyone? No. All right, that's a wrap. All right, good show, everyone. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> no, it's it's good. I, I think it's important to to have sort of a regular security cadence just to keep it top of mind because the the threat actors, as I'm sure Nino, you can you can attest to. They're always changing. They're always adapting to the circumstances, to to the news and to pop culture, what's current. And even, even just as a user myself, I've experienced this change in how the threat actors are coming after us, average users, right? They are they're taking advantage of hybrid work. They're taking advantage of the fact that we're working remotely, working from home, maybe not seeing our colleagues, maybe not seeing our direct reports, you know, face to face anymore. So I'm curious to know how the threats are evolving uh, and how we can coach our, our listeners into avoiding the pitfalls. Yeah, that's of, right. Of like threat, threat actors. actors always finds new ways or uses old tricks in order to gain more victims and take advantage of like high, hybrid work, like what you mentioned. Is, uh, if you're working alone and you have no, no one to ask about, hey, if this is legit or not, then sometimes you're pressured to click without even like checking with other with other coworkers if this is if this looks right or not. So threat actors see this like a flaw or vulnerability and takes advantage of it. Yeah, when it comes to our threat actors, there's always it's always about the it's a game of opportunity. So you know you throw out a thousand different requests, thousand different emails, spam filters will catch some of it, but and then. For the ones that do make it to the users, a handful of those might actually click on open the email, perform the action that they want you to do to grab your information. Um, there's 
so much to look out for. And you and I had done some sessions on just some cybersecurity awareness around phishing a few months ago, which was a lot of fun uh, because we just got to look at some stories about how different organizations had been compromised based basically by a handful of users or from a lack of proper infrastructure on their cybersecurity plan that would allow for some pretty catastrophic events in some cases, whether it's losing your password a bunch or maybe um, some malware getting installed in your computer and then doling it out to everyone in your um, environment. And even even worse cases, if they get a hold of someone's bank account and then start doling up money or Xbox gift cards, whatever it is, those punk hackers are into these days. I agree. Yeah, there's uh, they're always there. They just won't go away. So we have to do our part and be like careful and be suspicious about anything that's unsolicited or something that we don't expect. Yeah, exactly. So for today's session, we're talking about, um, I thought it was a fun, I thought this would be a fun topic. And it's those pesky fake calls, those fake support calls we get that take their fake news, their fake tech support workers that are basically there to, they pretend that they're here to help you out. So you might get a call, you might see an email or pop-up message and ultimately they try and get you to call this number that's probably on the other side of the world hard to trace where they walk you through your computer get you to install some stuff and then they basically take over your computer and use it hostage until you give them money and lock down your computer that was that's my high level or uh, high level understanding about how this works and you know you can probably provide a little more context about how they approach this exactly what you said there like uh, oh perfect the- okay <laughs> These are industries from who knows where. And these are syndicates. These are groups with enough resources to operate like a legitimate business, but partly they're not. They're offering fake services, like spoofing well-known brands and pretending to be working for like Microsoft, Adobe, and then pretending to be a, a technician for them. And then entice the victims into calling their numbers and then paying them for something that they don't really need or they don't really want so yeah or or paying for something that they just recently acquired through said tech support service after they get a hold of your machine now that's scary yeah these are the, the tech support scams like let's say you're browsing the internet like and you accidentally like click the link to a website like unknown website or untrusted or a website that you never visited before and that this website contains multiple ads, and some of these ads are not moderated or not clean. So it will launch a pop-up, will prompt the victim or whoever's browsing the internet to call the number that they see on the screen. So that's exactly where it begins. Uh, the victim is like a force or at least encouraged to call the number because the the computer is infected or it's having all sorts of problems. So, and if the victim calls the number, the scammer will pretend to be working for this tech company or who knows what company it is, engage social engineering tactics and convince the victim that they found this problem and your or your computer might be infected. So they'll, they'll have to pay it. They, they'll have to pay them so they can fix the problem. Although we all know that the problem doesn't exist because mm-hmm. this is a scam. And 
the threat actors or the scammers will ask for payment information. Usually, it's credit card details from the victims, like uh, the credit card number and all the expiry date and anything, everything that's needed to like to charge the the card for for the fee. And then the scammer will ask the victim to download the remote support tool, and then once they're connected, they will play around the computer, change some settings, and they will run some cleanup tool to cover their tracks. Uh, one thing I've seen before is that scammers even recorded the entire session. I guess this is for the victim trying to dispute the, the labor that, that was performed or any work that was performed on the computer. So. Well, I did that thing. I did that thing. I said I was going to do. I connected exactly. to your computer. Yeah, That's interesting. So I guess when when something like a Visa or Mastercard comes after these guys, you know, their payment process, they can say, "No, we we did that thing." They technically rendered a service. Air quotes included. Right. So that's really clever. That's why it's a it's an industry. So they know what they're doing. That's why uh, most or not most. Basically, every major or legitimate business or vendor will not ask anyone to call numbers they see on the screen, especially on these pop-ups, because these are all scam. Like, and these scams, like, they operate everywhere. So it can target you, like your, your grandparents or anyone you know. And unfortunately, for older people, they're inclined to believe that this is real. So. Most of the time, the victims are like like older gents or older folks. So, if you know someone, just advise them that this is if they see something like that, just don't call the number. Ask someone they trust, and instead of letting someone connect to their computer, like or just do the remote or remote into their computer, and who knows what they, what else they can do. So. I mean, I've never considered like the average tech support or like phone uh, support call center worker to be evil. The call centers themselves are evil, but this is like a mix of evil intentions behind an evil company that is just there to exploit seniors and the unknowing from their money, like damage their computer and just try and get away with as much as they can. Like there's almost no redeeming qualities like i shouldn't say almost i don't see any redeeming qualities about this scenario um have you ever had like have you ever had to deal with a uh, fake tech support on the phone you know not myself but we did help like a customer like it happened personally on their computer because and yeah it's very very thorough like it's very detailed what they did there like they that's what i said that's why i said that they even recorded the entire session in case that the victim tries to dispute the, the claim and try to ask for a refund. So, and just a while back, uh, we received a call from one of our customers. Uh, they saw a pop-up, they called the number, but after they called the number, they realized that it was scam, so they contacted us. So they didn't let the scammer connect to the computer, but what the scammer told our customer, our client, is they asked them to disable the antivirus solution on their computer. So when the customer realized that this is not right, they called us, they called our actual official numbers, and then 
we told them that that's scam so good, good on that called. person for catching that red yeah. flag yeah that's yeah. it's so funny it's like you know the burglar in the black van sitting on your block and says you know when you go out for dinner tonight just leave the front door open please yeah can you please leave your doors unlocked that just yeah. be swell don't arm your alarm tonight yeah. thanks that one's a lot scarier than getting charged for a product fraudulent work or labor it's, who knows like they can send a link ask them to download this file and with this antivirus like or any protection disabled computers wide open so but good thing being try to disable the antivirus it's going to prompt you for password so that's when the customer realized that oh, no this is not right so why would i do this so again so it, it's like oh sorry go ahead no yeah yeah go ahead sorry so like uh antivirus software is probably a good barrier for the like against like these call centers these evil evil call centers um that are that are like that that want to install something or like remote software on our computers is there a specific one or can i rely on windows defender to keep that up windows defender uh, is fine in most cases as long as it's up to date and it's running. So, and the good thing about Defender is that it runs alongside another antivirus solution that you have, like a third-party solution. So, it doesn't conflict. So, if but if you rely on Windows Defender alone, that's fine as well. Will that keep that'll keep their like weird software at bay at least a little bit? Yeah, uh, uh, well-known malicious programs will be blocked, but if the scammers did something to disable the service, then it's free for all. So if you feel that your antivirus solution is not running, just call it out, report it, and get it looked at. So would a legitimate IT service, like a, a technical uh, service, have a software that would could run alongside their antivirus software or Windows Defender? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically... If your IT company or your so-called IT tech support is telling you to turn off the things that are protecting your computer, that should be a red flag because a legitimate IT company, if they do have to install something to work or see something on your computer, should work with your antivirus software. Yeah. Am I understanding that correct? Yeah. Stopping the service or uninstalling the program is definitely a red flag, especially if it's coming from an untrusted uh, individual or company so random one uh triple nine number off the internet yeah um, okay well let's talk let's talk about those ads for a second so the the ads that get users attention there or that that show that phone number those ads even if they're not placed by the organization or the software vendor that they're claiming to be they've gotten yeah. really good i mean they've got you know it's it's easy to to rip off a logo or or to spell something just close enough or just make a logo the right colors or branding to get someone's attention to make it look legitimate. Um, do you recommend you know anything around ad blockers or or do those do the trick to get rid of some of those ads? Yeah, uh, those ad blockers work like uh, AdBlock, so a well-known uh, browser extension that blocks uh, those pop-ups. I have or, a I use uBlock Origin. Shout yeah. out. Ublock. Some antivirus software or solutions have built-in pop-up blockers as well. So, and but you know, sometimes even if you have all those, 
there's still like uh, a chance that this pop-ups will still appear and or it could be a link from a website like from one of the ads that you're you accidentally click because these are well-placed ads that's like placed on a website where a user accidentally clicks every time so it's or sometimes if they're browsing from their phone like if you try to scroll if you accidentally tap on an area on a phone then you accidentally open the ads so oh my god side right okay um i have such a beef with sites that load their assets in random orders so yeah. <laughs> when i'm trying like you know i'm coming to a page on your website to click on something your page should not be jumping up and down. So I click on one of your ads. Cause if you do that, I'm never coming back. It's and that's true. why other sites don't get me. I, that's why I never turn off my ad block, regardless of how much sites beg and plead me to do it. It sucks if your entire website or product or service is based on ad revenue, but that's such an abuse. It's It's been abused for way too long. It's too sketchy. And ultimately I just don't want to be tracked. I know. Yeah. And they don't know what, those ads contains like those placeholder for ads they keep changing so sometimes it's a legitimate product and sometimes it's a service from an unknown vendor so the website owners doesn't have any idea on what's showing up on their website or what can show up like all of a sudden so sold yeah to the sold to the highest bidder to, to have something in that space right yeah pretty much so okay. And it's strategically placed on the website. <laughs> like when, oh, like it's when... all 100% deliberate. That's for sure. There's no accidents there. Yeah. Imagine like a billion people in the world, like like even a hundred thousand accidental click on the web on the on the on the ad. It's still revenue for the yeah. website owner. So that's wild. And, and I think, are you seeing trends now where the content of the ads? is engineered in a way to to gain attention so uh in our camp right we we're certainly very aware of microsoft and everything going on in the microsoft space and so we've got this explosion of of teams usage right are these ads maybe oh your your teams is out of date click here to update it or your windows needs this and that because you're working from home click here are they targeting people in that way yeah like uh malvertising like yeah. ads that contains malicious like malicious content so these are not legit ads it will trick the user into clicking into a link and then lead them to a fake website or a phishing website so it's still very careful i never click on ads except if accidentally did it so if i accidentally do it i close it right away yeah i guarantee you 99 percent of the ads i've clicked on was 100 percent by accident yeah if i want to go to your site i will type in the url myself so you just don't get that click i'm spiteful <laughs> that way yeah i'm sorry to the, to the website owners but i try not to click on those ads i'd rather see them it's fine if i see them but i avoid clicking on them so. i mean like talking like going back to what we we're talking about earlier um like the way these ads, their placements, how they load is very deliberate on your website. And in a lot of cases, if you know your audience and your audience happens to be people that that either doesn't know better or is less likely to know what they clicked on. So seniors clicking around trying to get to their favorite website um, may not realize that they've clicked on an ad. And by the time they figure it out, they're like 10 clicks too late before they know they have to hit the back button. I see that a lot. 
and I've seen it a lot. I, my own grandparents have had that issue. Years ago, my um, my grandpa, oh, he was infamous for installing toolbars on his computer. I might have told this story in the show before. I'm going to tell it again because Nino wasn't here. And um, every few months, he'd call me up and say, hey, I need you to fix my computer. It's really slow. It's not working. I'm like, okay, come in. Remove all the toolbars. And you get mad at me because he wants them back. I'd be like, no, they're screwing up your computer. Stop it. Don't put them on. They're viruses. Here's the website you want to go to. Just click the just click on your shortcut. And then he called me back six months later and say, hey, my computer's really slow. Can you come and fix it again? And then we repeat the cycle over again. So eventually that computer died, right? Eventually it just it bit the dust. It was a really old one. And he was in the market for a new one. So I suggested he get an iPad because it's really hard to screw those up and he could do most of what he needed to. Yeah. Um, I got talked out like, my suggestion didn't get uh, recommended. He ended up getting some weird like third-party laptop with like an old version of Windows. It wasn't good. And he was basically right back to where he started. A computer he couldn't use, um, installing things that should never be installed. And ultimately, it was something that was just destined to the fire pits um, in, within a year. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, their targets are your parents, grandparents, and like older people. Yeah, I think tablets are like the better approach for um yeah or for a lot of people that are in that space of being vulnerable to malicious clicks because it's a harder software to crack, it's harder to get scammed on them, it's harder to install third-party operating or tools on them by accident. And ultimately someone can't call you and take it over. Um that's just my own food for thought when we're like when we were talking about this before, because how else do you protect your family member that you might not be able to visit every day. You can't see over their shoulder what they're doing online, but they're very much at risk. True. Yeah. And sometimes these ads, if you click them, it's very hard to close. Like those pop-ups, they just won't close. Even if you click the close, the X close button many times, it keeps like, it's so stubborn. So. Oh yeah. Or or it's going to cause, oh, this is going to cause your company harm, or we're going to expose this, yeah, or we're going to lock you out of that. It's it really, you know, it, they really engineer it to to get you thinking. So I think we, in, in tech, I think we take for granted that we know, okay, Microsoft's just not going to call you out of the blue. They're not just going to throw a 1-800 number that anybody can call and talk about, you know, this thing or that thing or Windows thing or Office thing. Um but these these are very very real threats. So. Yeah, I I I even saw like a, a pop up that just won't close. So the the user just closed the laptop. Then when we try to reopen the laptop, it's still there, and it's playing an audio file, an audio recording of a person talking that say your system is infected. Oh, call this number. <laughs> so I don't know, like uh, it's something else like they even do that like this uh just to scare people into mm -hmm. believing that it's a legit like a threat or a legit uh warning like as you mentioned earlier these companies these so-called companies behind these attacks and these um fake call centers are very sophisticated they have full scripts like any other business they have offices that you can actually visit uh -huh. um I've dealt, I think I've had one call where I knew it was a scam. I kind of played along for a few minutes until I got bored because we didn't go anywhere. I wasn't going to install anything. And then I just wasted some of our time because that time to waste. I was like probably 18 at the time. 
Um, but now I won't even acknowledge those calls. But if you are interested in this type of stuff, there are YouTube channels of people that will basically call back the scammers to scam them. So they know exactly what they're doing. I've seen videos where these counter hackers, these vigilantes will basically um, hack into the hacker's computer, show their name, uh, get all the personal information up to scare the, the scammer out of the building. It's really weird. It's, it's kind of like satisfying in some ways, but what they have to do to get that far requires a lot of skill and knowledge because they know what they're go what they're getting into long before they ever take these calls. It's not just stumbling around by accident. They know all the moves, they know what they're installing and they know how to get back, how to like, how to uh, counter these attacks. So yeah, it's, it's really uh, cool, but it's something I wouldn't recommend anyone do. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, if you're, if they're interested, they can search for Jim Browning on YouTube. Like he scams the tech, the tech support scammers back. So it's, it's a pretty uh, like interesting channel. So taste your own medicine. Here you yeah. go. Oh yeah, hundred oh, percent. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. we could use more of that, but I'm not. I'm not here to promote any kind of vigilantism. <laughs> yeah. So for the record, for the record, yeah. if there's any, if my lawyer's listening. So awareness aside, and uh, Alex's vigilante justice aside, uh, you know what? What would you recommend? So someone gets the call or they click that ad and they've gone through it and they get to that point where their gut just goes, whoa, I shouldn't have done that. Um, okay. What do you recommend? Obviously call your IT service provider, um, but is there anything else that should be done? Like, you know, light the thing on fire, yank the internet cord out. Call an exorcist. You know. Yeah. 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 By any chance, uh, the victim called the scammers and let them access the computer report it to the IT department immediately. So it's either they scan the computer, change all the user passwords and find and see if they can recover some of the, the logs or anything that was done on the computer. Because once the, once the scammer was connected or has connected, they can basically do everything. They can exfiltrate data, they can infect the system, or they can just play around or install programs that has backdoors so they can capture keystrokes and steal information from the end user. So the important thing is that the report it as soon as possible, especially if it happens on a work computer. Even if it's on your personal computer, feel free to reach out to your IT department and see what they can do about it. Because uh, the, it's always like a challenge to to ask the users to report it immediately. Because sometimes they will try to hide what happened and yeah. that's where the real problem is. Yeah, and then, there, I mean, there's no shame. I mean, again, yeah, these, there's these, no shame. Yeah. The, these attacks are so sophisticated, you you might not see it coming. And and again, don't feel bad. It gets a lot of people, but do the right thing and, and send it up, send it on the right way, report it. Um, Two-factor authentication, that's something that we've talked about a ton, you know, almost every time we have you on too. Uh, I know I sleep better at night having multi-factor authentication on my work accounts, on my personal accounts, any service that I use online. Uh, if they offer it, I, I turn it on. And when I see that thing go off at midnight, oh, are you trying to get into your banking app right now? No. And then you, you just have that peace of mind that 
it's going to stop there or whatever happened is, is not going to proceed any, any further. Mm-hmm. And it acts as like a good flag to, Hey, someone got a hold of your password. You should go change that now. I read this story online the other day. Apparently, RBC just released um, multi-factor authentication for their iPhone app or Android app, one of their mobile apps, um, but it was very broken. Where basically what was happening to this poor user was they were getting prompts that someone was trying to break into their account, whether or not it was them. So they weren't sure if it was them, if it was an authentic account or not, because they would just get prompted every time. And if they said it wasn't them, they'd have to reset their password. So I think it still has some work to do. I think a lot of Canadian banks aren't really good at the multi-factor authentication part yet. I haven't seen it in a lot of art and a lot of banks at this time yet, but I know it's coming down the road. At least my fingers are crossed because it's long overdue. Yeah, uh, yeah, like what Brian said enable multi-factor authentication on every account that you can. This, even if they steal your password, captured it somewhere, if they don't have your phone or the, the, the token, they won't be able to log into your account completely. So it's one of the easiest things that you can enable and adds a lot of security to your accounts. Yeah, and so let's say, you know, you're using a personal computer and you got to the point of no return. Someone's got stuff on your computer. They mess some stuff up. Backups are another really good thing to have. So worst case scenario, you have to fry your computer figuratively, not literally, um, basically a full factory reset and then reload it from a backup if you have one, especially if you it's a brand new computer to your backups often, but at least once a year, maybe a couple of times a year and you'll be okay. I have way too many backups of my own stuff. I just digitally hoard all of my stuff. I have backups of backups at this point. But I sleep better at night knowing that if something happens to my computer or my files, I'm not a loss. I will happily just wipe my computer and give it a fresh start because it probably needed it anyways. Yeah, especially if you're using OneDrive or if you're subscribed to Office 365. Like OneDrive creates versions of your your files and then keeps it safe to the cloud as well. So if it gets deleted locally, you'll still have a chance to recover it from the cloud. So that's one of the advantage of having your files stored in the cloud instead of just having it locally on your computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, this is something that is always a little hard to explain, but OneDrive and SharePoint aren't necessarily a proper backup. Yeah. But essentially, it takes your, the files off your computer and moves it into Microsoft or Google's or Amazon's data centers, whoever your provider is, that's where the files will live. So if something happens to your computers, those key files, work or personal, are safely on a, on a giant data center somewhere away from whatever you just did to your computer. So you can disconnect that. You can break the link to your accounts and reset your computer and just continue on where you left off after you've refreshed your computer, reset your computer, done a whole restore. So you get that peace of mind. Um, but I always want to just capture that point and say, hey, just because you put your files in OneDrive or SharePoint or Google Drive, it's not a proper backup of your files because a proper backup is a whole, it's a whole snapshot of your computer or of your files at a specific point in time that's stored in a secure, likely encrypted data center somewhere not in microsoft's domain because they, they don't do backups do they do they do full computer backups no not that i know of uh, 
it's, not through not through OneDrive. I mean, you need you need some other tools for. for yeah, that. you need a third party. How about another idea I had the other day, uh, Nino? Um, just to just to let everybody in on on personal story, something we do here at work is whenever I get a fishy type of email or something comes in like that, I always take a screenshot and I send it over to Nino. I'm like, okay, put this in your binder of of examples of of phishing, uh, just so he has those samples. Would it be or could it be a cool idea? We're all using Teams. We've got channels. Maybe we got an all staff channel. We got an all staff community in Yammer. There you go, Alex. We'll plug for Yammer. Maybe it's just a cool habit to get into to share with your colleagues. Oh, I got this thing. Is it legit? You know, if you don't know, or hey, I got this thing, this phishing email. Look, here's here's a few examples of why it's illegitimate or it's a threat. It's a phishing type of email. Then at least you're you're sharing them with everybody. You're not forwarding an email. You know, don't forward yeah. the malicious email. Yeah, yeah. Take those a... notifications should probably come from the IT department um, because <laughs> at some point I can see someone being like, "Oh, this is a scam." Forward to everyone. Look at the scam. And it's a real <laughs> thing. Reply all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Best practice is to compose a new email, take a screenshot of the phishing email you receive, paste the screenshot there. Do not forward that twelve phishing email you received to to your contacts or everyone. Is, yeah. Who knows? Someone might be playful, click the link, get victimized themselves. So don't spread every the time. <laughs> every time. But yeah, communication is key. Like if someone or if you, like for example, receive a phishing email, take a screenshot, send it to your IT department, and then so your IT department will determine if other people receive that message. So they can warn everyone in advance and not to click it or not to re not to reply because most of the time the spam emails phishing emails have were sent like on different email addresses not just your email address in the company so usually it's sent in a mass or bulk yeah no i uh that's always the first thing i check when i get something in like that um lately it's i've seen an increase in these ones someone shared a file with you through OneDrive or SharePoint. And again, they get really good at making it look like a legitimate OneDrive share link. But then you just hover over the link or you hover over a URL or you see an address that does not make sense to anybody that you know. I'm not expecting a file from this person. And then uh, sure enough, when you hover over those URLs, you see it's pointing to some love shack dot country that I do not understand and do not you know participate with that. Um, pretty easy to see the red flags. I'm going to have Love Shack in my head for the rest of the day. Thank you there for you that. There you go. <laughs> Pay me back later. <laughs> I wonder if I can get the royalties to play that during this episode. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, so best practices goes a long way. It, not just for phishing emails, but for tech support scams as well. If you are aware of this kind of scams, then you have better protection because you can avoid it right away. You don't have to see the prompt or the pop-ups yourself. You can just avoid those websites or just avoid those ads and completely. So mm -hmm. I do like your idea, Ryan, of just sharing that out with the with the rest of your coworkers, sharing it out with family members if like that's your kind of setting and what's happening in your family, keeping everyone aware of what's going on really helps. Cause at the end of the day, We've said this before. I'm going to say it again. We probably said this every episode with you, Nino, but education and awareness is your best weapon against cybersecurity threats. 
we have to stay aware of what's going on out there and how the landscape is changing because it happens really fast. It's happening all the time. And if you're not keeping up, you're putting yourself in a more vulnerable position the longer you stay in the dark about what's happening out there. That's true. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Because if you can avoid it, avoid it. Because uh, it's better that you don't click the link or even see the, 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 the bad file on your computer than having it downloaded or access anywhere. Yeah. It can do things in the background you don't know. Sometimes you click it, you don't, you, you notice nothing happened, but actually there is. So it's important to report, report, report anything you feel suspicious or anything that's unsolicited that that uh, arrive on your inbox or uh, you see on your screen. So, mm-hmm. um, silly question. Uh, years ago, um, Apple touted Macs as being so secure, and they didn't get the they didn't get the same kinds of viruses that that Windows PCs did. Uh, has have the threats evolved to a point now where if you're on the internet you know full stop general statement you're at risk or are windows users still more at risk than than mac os users for example well windows has a larger market share than apple so they'll see more threats than apple but apple has obscene their the threats signed for max rise the past few years is Threat actors know where there's opportunity. So they'll try to target and launch their attacks, whoever is on the internet. So mm-hmm. Ultimately, it also comes down to the fact that because Mar- Microsoft and Windows has such a large market share because you have OEMs that produce hardware as well, and there's a lot of different flavors of Windows and the machines running them, creating making it much easier to break into than whatever Mac or Apple's putting out there because they have a much tighter control of their hardware line and the silicone going in and every little part as well as everything in their ecosystem. So I, I, I've heard of this too, um, Brian, to your point, they used to really tout the fact that they would get less attention, less viruses, but they're not off the, they're not anyone's off anyone's map because it is still a lucrative market at the end of the day. There are people that will, download something and if you can get onto a mac then everyone else is at risk too yeah, i just worry uh, i worry that there's you know there's maybe some naivety in with mac users oh i'm on a mac i'm fine I, nothing to worry about i don't need this and that i can just kind of do my own thing um probably not the case not entirely true like mac can get infected as well like okay. if you're careless you don't you, you just click on things that you see you can still get infected, even if you're running a Mac. I've seen Mac gets infected, get infected, but we ran scans, we found a few things in there. So, oh yeah, Mac gets infected too. So yeah. that's very real. No one's at least, safe. At least if yep. you're on a Mac and and the the scammer from Microsoft calls you to fix your Windows computer, you could say, "Well, I'm on a Mac." <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, oh yeah, click. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. And next time, I, my my um, my grandma, uh, she used to she used to have, she had the best strategy for scam callers. Just she would start going on uh, at them in German, and those calls would end very very quickly. It's quite, <laughs> it was quite hilarious. So it's always kind of fun messing with uh, that tech caller or scam caller on the other end to see how long they'll play along before they get annoyed with you and give up. Um, 
I've seen instances where they'll get they'll drop their nice polite like routine and just get straight up mean and rude because they know what they're doing. Yeah, sometimes they just hang up. Like if they know that you're playing them, they'll just hang up. Like it's not that different from the spam or robocalls that you get on your cell phones thing. Oh, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> I always I always wait for the click, that little little buzz and then a click and then someone starts talking. And then to me that's like Oh, yeah. What am I in for today? What kind of survey question am I going to be answered? So, you know, on those, you, like, do those wait to hear you talk before the machine comes on? Or is it just a timer? I believe so. Like, uh, it's usually it's a, it's a robotic voice that will tell you that you're, you, you owe money to the government you or you're, you're in the case or you whatever. But soon as you call, they realize that there's another person, the other line, then you'll hear someone talk. So so my trick is when I get a, when I pick up a call that I think might be a scam because it's quiet, I'll blow on the receiver and then the machine will actually kick in. I wasn't sure if I was actually doing that or if it was just coincidental timing. But if the R, if the machine does get triggered by someone on the other end, then that's that's definitely <laughs> working. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, that's why I try not to answer calls from not anyone in my phone book. So I just let them leave the voicemail and see if it's oh, important yeah. or not. I've never appreciated voicemail so much as I do these days because, yeah, there's times of the year, especially during tax season, those robo calls are relentless. I'd be getting 20, 30 a day. And on my phone, they're silenced automatically. And so I never have to think about them. And if you don't leave a voicemail on my phone, then I'm never going to call you back. And one out of 20 of those will actually attempt to leave a voicemail, a really bad voicemail, but a voicemail nonetheless. But yeah, some of those robocallers leave a voicemail as well. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like halfway through, it's like robot script, like because it just started talking when it heard the voicemail pick up. I'm like, come on, it's 2021. <laughs> you should have figured this problem out by now. I love when it's blatantly, you know, it's it's blatantly the uh, mail merge or whatever you want to call it. Thank you for calling this customer service hotline, Alex J. Henry. You know, I guess uh, I love when you can blatantly tell that they're putting in your name or your province or, or where you are or your job. We're calling you today to talk about your Windows laptop thank you for holding you know it's it's so blatant i get a giggle of those that's yeah that's spot on <laughs> and if anyone's wondering how the hell do they get the number or your names if you check your the check the website have i been pawned like the breaches if you see your name there or see your email there and there's a good chance that they found it from a breach database from one of the like from the one of the vendors that you were subscribed to so they, they get your name, phone number, date of birth. So it's important like, to avoid these calls as much as possible because they know your information. Yeah, Facebook and if you pick up, it. they just keep coming back, don't they? As soon yeah, as they hear your voice. That's why I try not to pick up because you know, they might be registering your number as active. Mm -hmm. So I just think that if you stop picking up or responding, they will remove your number from their call list. But that's just like a best guess if that's true or not. Right on. Well, there you have it, folks. Scam and eggs. 
served up fresh on the Moo Show podcast. Hot and over easy. <laughs> anything else, Nino? Any any new trends or anything else you want listeners to be aware of? Um, social engineering. Absolutely, these these targets are always changing. Working from home. If there's a particular vector that they're using nowadays, I'm I'm sure that's it. Um, the skyrocketing usage of tools like Teams and Zoom, I don't doubt as well, is another way that they're trying to to, to make victim uh, to have people fall victim. Anything else that's that's new, uh, top of mind in cybersecurity? There's always new like things showing up every week or at least every month, like those attacks that's happening on those pro some programs, some with legitimate Windows services getting vulnerable to like exploits. The for our end users or for our audience, just always be careful of what you receive on your email because email remains one of the top attack vectors or threat vectors by the threat actors. So uh, they will always find an opening in a network. Usually they will send a, a phishing email to a victim, enticing them or luring them to click or download the attachment. That attachment can infect your entire network or your computer. So it's better to be suspicious on anything that's unsolicited, anything that you don't expect, or if, even if it's your contacts. If your contacts suddenly sent you a link to download a OneDrive file, but you never expected it, just report it to IT, see if it's legitimate. Because sometimes if your contact gets compromised, they unknowingly send a bunch of phishing emails to their own contacts. So that's how it spreads. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think we we've mastered a, a few big takeaways from our cybersecurity talks. Uh, use MFA, um, change your passwords regularly or not so regularly. I'm I'm always so confused about that. Yes, use com complex and longer passwords to bed. So don't, don't not change your password. You don't um, you don't have to change it, <laughs> but. But make sure you use unique passwords across different services. Yes, longer the one. better. Longer yeah. the better. Use unique passwords, lock your computer, uh, brush your teeth, wash your hands, and talk to your IT uh, provider. Talk to your IT service, ask questions, get support. Don't be afraid to reach out if you are not sure. Yep. It's All right, better, you know? Better to, uh, is it better to ask for forgiveness in this case? No, it's better to question twice. Question Question twice and ask for forgiveness when you can. I don't know. <laughs> uh, be skeptical. Be skeptical when it comes to anything coming in your email inbox. And when you can, reduce how much you are using your email inbox and use other means to communicate like Teams or whatever you use in your company that isn't going to be subject to as many um, spam notifications. Yeah. Don't, don't be pressed. Don't be excited to respond on anything looks exciting than your email because it sometimes they are too good to be true or yeah they they're just being very clever always be skeptical like what always always be skeptical love it okay mr nino thank you again as always for joining on you're always welcome on here thank you everyone on the uh listening in uh we always appreciate you we love you Come back again next time. If you want to check out more of our episodes, you can find us on mobo.show. We can check out all of our past episodes. Follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Ryan, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you, Nino. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care.
All right. Thank you, dear listeners, for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. You can find us on all the major podcasting apps. We release new episodes every second and fourth Thursday of the month. On behalf of Ryan, myself, and the amazing staff at Claire Concepts who helps make this show possible, take care. <laughs>